That was awesome. That felt like an introduction for a magician, I think. <laughs> I asked him at staff meeting to kind of spice it up, and uh, he, he tried. Uh, magnificent. I don't know. Okay. I'm not going to disappear tonight. I'm going to uh, talk about rule of life. Um, again, so glad y'all are here. Uh, welcome. Uh, if I haven't met you, uh, as Evan said, my name's Timothy, one of the pastors here. I got a lot going on here. I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. Like chain to this table. All right, um, but we're going to be talking about rule of life uh, tonight. As uh, as Evan said, there's eight spiritual practices that uh, we have really keyed in on here at Christ Central that we think are really important uh, in terms of pursuing spiritual renewal uh, in your life. Uh, they're they're on our website. If you haven't spent time on that section of our website, I encourage you to do so. We're not going to tackle all eight this. Uh, summer at City Fellowship, but would love for you to, to look into that. Uh, but tonight's rule of life. So I just want to begin with a little bit of explanation uh, about what we're getting into. I would say this practice might be the one that you're least familiar with. Uh, that's part of why we wanted to do this here at City Fellowship. Um, might not be something you've ever even heard of, so we're going to unpack that tonight. But a, a definition, if we will start there, a rule of life uh, put very simply, and this definition's in your, in your packet, is an intentional, conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything that we do. Uh, think of it as a thoughtful ordering of your life, uh, with the goal being producing the character and the joy that God is calling us into as Christians. So who, who doesn't long for a more godly character and a more joy-filled life? Uh, if those things don't interest you, you could probably leave now. You're going to be bored uh, the rest of our time. But that's, that's what we're after as Christians. Uh, there's a longing. And we're going to kind of dig into what it looks like to, to use a rule of life to pursue uh, that end. Uh, and I'm going to talk for about 10 to 15 minutes about why uh, I think this is important, why the Scriptures uh, kind of point us in this direction. Um, and then we're going to spend the rest of the time actually putting it into practice, uh, because I think in particular with rule of life, uh, I was thinking about a, a helpful metaphor, and I kind of think like getting a cavity filled is kind of a helpful metaphor. Bear with me, but um, you know, like you may not want to go get a cavity filled, um, but you have a toothache, there's something wrong, and, and you know that you need to, and uh, you know, someone might encourage you to do it, but it's not until after you get that cavity filled, you experience uh, the, the pain going away, and all of a sudden your tooth is, is, is working well again, and you're, you're able to eat meat and not struggle. You, you kind of experience through that practice, oh, that was a good idea. If I get another uh, cavity, I'm going to get that filled. Um, on some level, I mean, it's not perfect, but on some level, the rule of life is similar uh, in that I can talk to you all about it, and I can encourage you to kind of enter into this, but uh, it's kind of hard work, uh, and it can be kind of painful, and, and it's not uh, maybe very natural or intuitive. So I'm really going to encourage you and challenge you, not necessarily just to, to believe me, but to actually practice. Uh, and my hope is not that you'll be convinced by our, our little intro, but more that you'll be convinced by actually putting this into practice in your life and seeing the fruit that comes from it. Uh, so uh, that's, that's where we're going um, tonight. Uh, sound good? All right. Uh, so before we do that, I do want to unpack uh, for a minute here why I think that the rule of life is important, uh, maybe even uh, necessary. Uh, and so uh, we're going to look first uh, not at 
uh, the solution, but really what is the problem that, that causes us to need to go in this direction? What is it that precedes the rule of life? What's the issue that we as Christians faith, face? And, and I think the problem that we face is, as Christians is that our belief in God in and of itself often doesn't produce the transformation that we seek. I'm going to say that again. The problem is that our belief in God in and of itself often doesn't produce the transformation, the life transformation that we seek. And I think we can all kind of resonate uh, with this idea. In, in spite of the fact that uh, you have faith in God, you continue to struggle with having a short fuse, or you continue to struggle with being honest at work, or, or being generous with your resources, or sacrificially loving your neighbor. You know, you fill in the blank. Uh, for me, I, I think my neighborhood is a clear example of this reality. I, I don't know about you, if you, like me, live in a neighborhood where there are people, your neighbors are often far nicer, more hospitable, more generous than I am. And I, and I bet most of yours, mine, my neighbors, aren't Christian. And so that's a hard thing to, to, to wrestle with. How, how can that be? How come Christians aren't better people, you know, simply because we're Christians, right? So there's some sort of disconnect that we have to wrestle with. And, and, and what we're talking about here, the topic here, is, is character formation. How is the life of the Christian formed and transformed? Uh, we know from Romans 8 that, that God's desire and His design is for Christian character to be formed and shaped over time. Paul says that for those whom God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. What Paul is saying is that the movement of the Christian is to look more and more like Jesus. That's where we're headed. That's where we're supposed to be headed. The theological term for this type of movement is sanctification. But how, so the question then is, how does that formation happen? How do we as Christians, practically speaking, become more sanctified, more like Jesus. And again, I'm not going to talk for long tonight, but a couple of books that I want to commend to you on this subject. The first is called You Are What You Love by Jamie Smith, and the second is called The Common Rule by Justin Early. And I'm just going to give you a, a real tiny tidbit. I mean, these are thick and meaty books, uh, but I'm just going to give you a taste. And the argument that both Smith and Early make is that contrary to popular Christian opinion, we aren't ultimately driven by what, be, what we believe, but rather by what we love. What drives us, what motivates us, what compels us to behave in a certain way is not so much what we believe, but what we love. I'm not going to dig too deep into that argument, but I do want you to ponder that as we begin to enter into this discussion around rule of life. What truly motivates you to do the things you do? What, what do you think? I'm a rhetorical question. What do you think? Uh, is it what you think or what you desire, uh, what you love that motivates you to action? Now, the argument that follows that both Smith and Early make is that, is that what I do want to unpack tonight is that what we love, if that's what's motivating us and driving us, is not something that is inherent or innate, but rather what we love is something that is learned. This is what we're going to focus in on tonight, that our affections, our desires, our loves 
are actually learned over time. And they're learned through what we practice on a regular basis. They're learned through our habits. So think about that. That what we love flows out of the seemingly insignificant small actions that we are taking throughout each and every day. That our hearts, if you will, are, are wet clay. And that they're being molded and shaped, not so much by what we think, but by what we do on a regular basis. Things like what we watch on TV, what we read, what, what you eat, what you do for fun, how you spend your time at work, what you buy, who you spend time with. What both Smith and Early would argue is that all these seemingly insignificant tasks that you engage in each and every day are in fact forming and shaping you. And that over time they're having an impact on your heart. They're, they're shaping what you love. And when we talk about rule of life, the goal here is, is to structure our habits to form and shape our hearts into loving God. I'm going to say that again. The, the goal of rule of life is to structure and order our habits so that our hearts are being formed and shaped into loving God. Jamie Smith says it this way. He says, learning virtue, he's talking about sanctification, character formation, becoming virtuous is more like practicing scales on the piano than learning music theory. The goal is, in a sense, for your fingers to learn the scales so that they can play naturally, as it were. Learning here isn't just information acquisition. It is more like inscribing something into the very fiber of your being. The orientation of the heart happens from the bottom up through the formation of our habits of desire. Therefore, learning to love God takes practice. That's what we're talking about. Practicing loving God. And how do we do that? So what, what the, the argument here is that heart formation happens through ordinary activities that we do every day, that we are formed through our habits, or we could say in the church formed by our liturgies by the things that we practice over and over and over again. Now, I, I, do, I want to pause here, and I don't want to give too much credit to, to Jamie Smith and Justin Early because it's worth stating here that what they're saying, they're stealing it from God's Word. Uh, this is, these are not novel ideas. This is not new. Throughout the Scriptures, God gives His people all kinds of instructions about how they should order their lives in terms of habits and rituals, right? We see this over and over again. For example, most significant text of the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, the Shema, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. He says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And these words that I command you, here's the how, you shall, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, you, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be on the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What's the message that God's saying? He's saying that Christians should make a habit of being in God's Word. That you should be ingesting the Word of God every day, all the time, habitually. That it would be deeply ingrained in every aspect of our lives. Deuteronomy 5. Uh, Moses says, observe the Sabbath day, keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do, do all your work, but the seventh is a day to the Lord for your God. On it you shall not do any work. 
Again, God's calling us into a rhythm, a habit here, a habit of rest, of worship that takes place every week. And we should do it over and over and over again. Hebrews 10, the author of Hebrews says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together like we're doing right now, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing here. The message here is to make it a habit of being in relationship with one another. And in doing so, make it a habit to encourage one another over and over and over again. There's so many examples that we could give in the Scriptures, but the point is that, that God is giving us instructions on the minutiae, on how to order the little things of our life, the day in, the day out. What habits to practice and what habits to avoid practicing. But why? Why would God do that? Is God some sort of taskmaster who's just cracking the whip, who likes to make us miserable with this endless list of to-dos? Or maybe, rather, God who created us, who created our hearts, and knows how formational our day-to-day mundane actions can be, and knows how much we are formed by our habits, gives us these instructions in order to lead us into habits that will form and shape us into men and women that we long to be. So that's the principle that comes from the Scripture that has motivated Christians since the 3rd century to practice a rule of life, to seek to take control of these unseen habits and order them in such a way so that the formation that is produced through our habits, through our rituals, through our rhythms, is the image of Christ. That's what we're after. To quote early again, he says, Only when your habits are constructed to match your worldview do you become someone who doesn't just know about God and neighbor, but someone who actually loves God and neighbor. Our habits are how we get our hands on our purpose. Uh, The hope is that through reordering our lives through something such as a rule of life, through changing our habits and rhythms, that we might actually achieve the transformation that we seek. So that's where we're headed tonight. The word rule, the rule of life comes from the word rule, uh, the Latin word regula. It means trellis. Um, in my house, we, I'm doing some amateur gardening. I think I've spoken about this before. I'm not a gardener. Um, but, you know, and we buy our plants like pre-made. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> We're not doing seed form. They come like this high. And uh, I just, I, I'm fascinated by the harvest and, and, and all the, the, the fruit that is, is born. And, and I, every year I put too many plants out there. And, and so early in the season, the plants have overgrown the trellis. And they're just like spilling, especially cucumbers and tomatoes. They're just everywhere. And what happens when they overgrow the trellis, they they then kind of move over into the yard, out of the raised bed. And when the fruit lands on the floor, on the ground, when it doesn't have that trellis to guide it, it rots. And even though there's a desire for growth, the plant wants to grow and bear fruit, apart from the guide and the trellis, it, it doesn't have the ability, it doesn't know how, or it doesn't have the guardrails and the guidance that it needs in order to grow in the right direction and actually bear fruit. That's what the rule of life does. It, it guides and directs our day-to-day lives so that we can grow and bear fruit. And so that's what we're going to try to do tonight is to help give you some more of that guide 
so that you can grow and, and hopefully more and more, not tomorrow, but more and more day by day, achieve the transformation uh, that you seek. And maybe one day you'll become the nicest person in your neighborhood. How cool is that? So that, that would be awesome. So what does that look like? We're about to get real practical. Uh, that's, that's my appeal again. It's kind of like a cavity, take it or leave it. You're going to need to try it. Okay. You're, I don't think I've necessarily convinced anybody, but we're actually going to practice tonight. So we're going to enter in and, and work together on creating your own rule of life. So you're going to actually leave out of here with like some, a party favor. You've got your own rule of life and you're going to do whatever, you can throw it away on the way out. I'm going to look in, in the trash can and it has your name on it. I'm going to take note of that. But you can take it home and, and see what you do. But we're going to, we're going to do that. And traditionally, uh, when, when uh, people craft a rule of life, um, instead of just thinking about our habits and practices broadly, uh, it's helpful to split them into, into categories. And so the four categories, and these are not universal. Uh, you could have a rule of life and use different categories, but we're going to, the four categories that we're going to look at tonight are prayer, rest, work slash activity, and relationships. And the hope is that if we can create healthy rhythms and habits in these four areas, that the health and character formation that comes out of these areas will flow out into our whole life. Uh, now you could spend hours on this. We're going to spend a very short amount of time on this. So this is like uh, a rough draft. This is our, your first uh, uh, kind of run at this. Um, and I hope that you'll leave with a, a handful of ideas in each category. Uh, some things to maybe start doing and some things that maybe you're going to choose to stop doing. Okay, that's kind of the the idea we're going to think real practically uh, and then it goes over the as, as it goes over the next few months you're going to try and see how it goes as you, as you try to implement these these new habits and and my recommendation first of off is to be very gracious with yourself uh, I guarantee not one of you is going to walk out of here and come up with a plan and execute it perfectly because uh, it takes time it's hard work to instill habits like anyone who's tried to go on a diet or start exercising it's, it's hard work um, so uh, be gracious with yourself. My recommendation is that you revisit this regularly. Uh, we as a staff team do this annually. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And then the other thing I would encourage you, if you're so bold, maybe invite someone to enter into this with you. Uh, I found that accountability and encouragement is always really helpful when we're trying to instill new habits in our lives. Uh, so we're going to do that together. Um, and, and the way we're going to do this is I'm going to invite you, I'm going to send you to your sheet uh, to do this exercise, uh, and then what you're going to do after that, so don't get nervous, but you're actually going to share some things with the people at your table. Not the whole room, just the people at your table, but uh, one of the things that was so rich when we did this as a staff team is I, I found, I heard the best ideas from other people. Uh, ways that they are seeking to incorporate more prayer or more rest in their life, and I stole them, and I made them my own. Uh, and so you're welcome to do that too. Uh, so you might hear something like, wow, that's a great idea. I might try to do that uh, in the next few months, or I might try to stop doing that. So the idea is to be very practical. The, the questions that we've got here are really broad, um, and, the, and the goal is for you to think about what is a practical rhythm, habit, practice that I can implement that will help me uh, to achieve uh, what I'm after in these four areas of my life. Does that make sense? Are we tracking? Any questions before I launch us into the application time. All good? Okay. All right.
So we're going to start with prayer. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes, and you've got four kind of categories underneath prayer. Uh, and the idea is I'd love for you to write something in each area. So something around scripture, something around silence and solitude, something around daily office, uh, that, which uh, just a regular uh, set-apart time of prayer uh, in your day-to-day life. So that's what daily office is. We talked about that some before. And then around study, Bible study. So, And then you're going to pick one thing out of those four categories to share with your table. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to work. Uh, Meredith, can we grab some pens? Or are they they're on the table? Okay. If you don't have a pen, if you just raise your hand, uh, and we'll get you one. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to kind of think and, and jot some things down, and then I'll tell you when to start sharing with your table mates. So you did it. Uh, you've got your rough draft of a rule of life. I hope it was slightly less painful than give it, getting a cavity filled. Um, the goal of this, the, the goal of this time, of, of this, these questions and this dialogue, is for you to walk away from this time with one to two actionable steps in each area. Some of you have like six or seven in your mind and you need to chill. Uh, one to two in each area and then see what happens. And again, I would just encourage you to bring someone along with you if you're so bold. Have somebody that would encourage you in this work. Write these down and post them somewhere where you can see them, where you can help hold yourself accountable and be exceedingly gracious with yourself as you struggle to incorporate these habits into your life. Uh, But I think it's exciting to think about what our lives might look like if we were to make progress in each of these areas. And that's what we're after. We're growing more and more each day. God is gracious with us. He's patient with you. He's patient with me. We're all works in progress. And this is just us taking baby steps uh, towards that sanctification, becoming more and more like Christ. So thanks for doing this. I I love this. The reason why we're here at City Fellowship is because we need to be in the habit of being together. Uh, and, And in the summertime, when our small groups are on break, we get together all as one big church family. And so I'm so glad that y'all are here. What a gift it is for me to be with y'all. I hope it was a gift for you to be with each other. Just a reminder, our next two Silly Fellowships are July 12th and August 2nd. So those are always on a Wednesday night. Uh, I will give a tiny little plug. Uh, The men are going to the Durham Bulls. You should, maybe you wrote down you want to increase being with other men as a habit. Well, you can do that on Friday. Uh, we have, I think, we have a limit in our sections. We have like 10 more tickets that we can sell. So if you want to do that, you should sign up soon. Uh, we'd love to have you. It's going to be fun. Um, I think that is everything. Uh, youth group ends at 7.30. So if you've got a kid over there, you've got about 10 to 15 minutes until they're done. So you can hang around. You can stay here as long as you want. Um, but I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to call tonight. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Uh, we thank you uh, that... We, you are patient with us, that we are works in progress, um, that you are encouraging us and, and pushing us and, and, and moving us closer and closer to the image of your son that you've called us to. And God, I pray that uh, this work that we've done tonight would be one step in that direction, that you would use the thoughts, the ideas that have come to us through reflection, through our tables, that those would be helpful as we seek to apply this rule of life to our, to our very lives. I'm God thankful for tonight, thankful for the time we had together. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.